0: reasons that go beyond explanation, it's time for another episode of Swing Thoughts. The ironically named Mental Performance Golf Podcast. Now, wrapping up our eighth year of doing this. In a few minutes' time, we'll welcome back one of our favorite guests. Uh, I'm golf spiritual leader, yeah. I don't remember when I decided I was. I just decided one day, why not? Why not take the mantle? And along with... Uh, Coach Tim O'Connor, it's always great to see you, sir. I think the universe just bequeathed that title upon you. (laughs) Okay. It just became apparent to you that you were, and so you just accepted it. It's so funny. Um, uh, That nice person I gave was it Dave that sent um, sent me the Jones bag? Yes, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. And uh, one of my friends saw me uh, playing with that Sunday bag the other day, and he said, what does GSL stand for? Because in my golf community, I don't really tell people I call myself. That and he, I said well, that's, that's. I said I'm golf Spiritual leader And he literally Did a spit Wait take <laughs> He just <laughs> He literally Spit up his beer He's like You I said Yeah yeah It's a joke Okay Anyway I don't you know It's not as funny When you have to explain it uh, yeah. This program is Baked fresh uh, Weekly And brought to you By TaylorMade Golf Canada Recently The uh, Stealth Fairway Wood uh, Was uh, I think it's by My golf spy One of the top Um fairway woods of the year i uh, tried out yourself the new tailor-made stealth Two fairway woods and of course the uh all new tailor-made stealth driver and uh, irons and everyone is enjoying one of their best summers at all of all uh using this product uh it's like a cheat code for your game tim learn more at taylormadegolf.ca And this program also brought to you by
1: WhoIsOscarBravo.com Makers of the finest golf polo you would ever wear need a fine Italian fabric uh, these shirts are so unique that's only 100 made of each one uh, there's 8 different ones you can choose from uh, they're immaculately tailored and feel like no other golf pole and guarantee you you'll never find anyone at your club wearing it so check out whoisoscarbravo.com
0: and Stretch Lab Toronto uh, now you might be uh this point in your golf season, in, in need of a uh, assisted stretch, uh, reduces muscle pain and joint pain, increases range of motion and flexibility, and uh, all kinds of great stuff for your golf game at StretchLab.com. Well, that's all the time we have for this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. We, <laughs> we appreciate you uh, tuning in, and uh, join us next week when we'll have guests. That's Tim O'Connor. Welcome back to our program. Uh, Very early on, we uh, had the uh, privilege of meeting this gentleman who is uh, considered by some one of the uh, premier uh, mental performance coaches and has uh, turned um, his love of this subject into uh, quite an online juggernaut. Uh, You can check him out at mindfactor.net. And uh, joining us today, along with Carl Morris, is his... uh, One of his partners in a series of books that I had the pleasure of reading, The Lost Art of Playing Golf, Lost Art of Putting, etc. Gary Nichol and Carl Morris, welcome to this program.
2: Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Tim. It's great great to be back. Thanks for the, the honor of having us on. The, well, the
1: honor is ours. Exactly. How, how, how is that? Well, that's
3: true.
2: Gary, uh, it just, Carl, Carl's... It, feel, it feels like a, it feels like a reunion now. These uh, these sessions when we get together, I've, uh, I've I've missed having the opportunity to talk about Howard's golf for a while. You know, Howard's <laughs> golf's in a good
0: place. Trust me, Howard is enjoying golf in a in a way that he's. I'll talk to, I like talking about myself in that third person Gary, uh, maybe you can give us a little Because our, our audience is very familiar with Carl I've lost track of the number of times We've had the uh, pleasure of having Carl on Maybe a little background for Gary Nickel And then how maybe you guys came together And uh, what it is you guys are here together Talking about today
3: Sure I'm Scottish I was born in Scotland I've lived most of my life here I'm based at a place called Archfield Lakes, just outside Edinburgh which is right next door to Renaissance and North Berwick kind of sound between the two it's just not a bad part of the world to be living in Mm -hmm. I've been a golf pro golf coach for over 30 years I have spent half of that of my adult life travelling with the European Tour I I packed a suitcase in 1995 to go out on tour and I unpacked at the end of 2011 Uh, I am sure went home at some point in between these times, but I don't remember much about it. So, yeah, I've been a golf coach for a long time. Carl and I have known each other for a long time. We've actually worked with some of the same players at the same time, but never in the same room or on the same range. Carl was doing his bit and I was doing my bit. So we've kind of known each other and of each other for a long time. And then a few years ago, we, we got together and we started doing some golf schools and clinics and various things up here at Archerfield. And then we always, we talked for a while about, you know, we must write a book, we must write a book. And it was just bullshit, really. But then all of a sudden, one day we started to put some ideas together and we came up with the lost art of putting. Mostly to kind of get our ideas down on paper before we forgot them. them (laughs) Um, We we thought we'd best put it down. And all of a sudden, we had this book, which took off and did quite nicely. And then we got the opportunity to do the Lost Art, playing golf, and the Lost Art, the short game.
1: And those books are amazing. And what I find is really cool about those is that there's so much about playing the game and how you can improve various aspects of your game, but there's very little in what would one call technique in there. There's in your putting video which we'll talk about expressly today, there's nothing in there about make sure you keep your head down make sure you accelerate what's your view on that part of how you balance technique and say awareness or managing your thoughts and emotions
3: I think there's enough out there on technique already I don't think we needed to add any more to to that recipe And I think the way we've kind of looked at it is these are the skills that we're discussing that aren't necessarily talked about a great deal. And I think if you almost reverse engineer how you putt, then the technique comes second almost. You know, we ask the question, does the the stroke create the putt or does the putt create the stroke? And most people would say, well, the stroke clearly creates the putt. But if you've got a two-foot putt that's downhill left to right, and a 42 foot putt that's uphill on a slow green, then the strokes are very different. Mm -hmm. The premise is the same, but the technique is slightly different.
0: And and I want to get back to Gary and, uh, because Gary, you're, you're more of a, you were a golf coach coaching golf swings and Carl is a mental performance coach coaching the mental side of the game. But Carl, I'm curious about, and this is where I wanted to get to with you eventually, but I'm curious about this. So if you, if, in, in in all of the books Lost Art of Putting Golf And The Short Game h- How do you deal with A student let's say That maybe have some Mental issues But when you see them Perform any of those Activities Their technique is so Flawed That you can't get to The mental side Before some of those Obvious mistakes Or flaws Or basics Or what I call them Like foundationals Aren't addressed
2: Yeah I mean it- Clearly, I would, you know, you've got, to, you've got to look at the physics and geometry of a, of a, a golfer's swing and the physics and geometry of a, of a putting stroke. And, you know, if the path is way out, left or right or whatever, there is, you know, as Gary said, there's ample directions that you can go to work on that. But what's, what's really interesting, you know, if we're looking at putting, is what we've found over the years is that if, if you take this one central theme, and uh, I know Tim's familiar with this, or you will be. This one central theme of attention, and and really understand the importance of that, and where you place your attention, and then explore what happens as a result of putting your attention in in, in a certain place. For instance, you know the the exercise I'm sure Tim's familiar with. Uh, Gary and myself have used it for a while because we stole it off Fred Shoemaker. Um, that I, I attended
3: right. his school. Right. Atten- we'll but- yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I attended Fred's school twenty odd years ago and it was such a profound experience for me where we did the after image exercise mm-hmm. where you know you, you stand on a putting green and you and you see if you can see the image of where the ball used to be once it's once it's gone. And this guy we, we have guys going to the schools who've been playing golf at a decent level for twenty odd years and they've never actually seen this but what's really interesting is when you get somebody to do the after image exercise because their their attention is centred in, in one place it's a non-threatening place there's no conscious direction of what they're actually trying to do it's amazing me and Gary always say that we start hearing better puts. we start hearing better puts in the sense that we start noticing that the ball's coming out of the middle of the club face the actual stroke becomes smoother so I think For anybody, for me, anybody listening, it's it's an exploration of where do I place my attention, and actually start to get curious about what movement emerges as a result of having your attention perhaps in some different places than the the where you've spent most of your life, which is inside of your head, telling your body how to move. Yeah, I'm going to address this one to Gary, um,
1: but segue straight off the after-image exercise, which I also uh, borrowed slash stole from Fred. I use it in workshops. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I used to coach a university golf team, and I remember introducing it to our team. And, and you just kids are exclaiming from all over the place of how putting is now, wow, this is easy. It's not so hard. But I think what... What I wanted to ask Gary about when we talk about, say, the technique and attention is that when you're doing something like the retinal after image exercise, by placing your attention on on the ball, it frees you up, and now you get to have a direct experience and that your technique can be developed from that experience. What's your take on that one, Gary?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think from, from my understanding of what that does, by occupying your conscious mind, by staring or looking for the after image or seeing the after image, it frees up your subconscious, which then allows freedom of movement. You know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was a technical swing golf coach at all. Uh, I'm a golf coach. I teach people how to play golf. Not how to swing the club. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, if, if anything, I was more of a shot coach than a swing coach because I don't have a particular model that I feel that everyone has to adhere to. I'm very much of the belief that you, my job is to try and get the best out of the person in front of me, and if their swing is unique, as most golf swings or all golf swings are, let's be honest, it's all about helping that player understand their tendencies and how to manage their tendencies. But it's really about, going back to what Carl said, placing their attention in a certain place. You know, if, I, if I've got a person who's struggling with a certain shot shape, I'll just give them a task. Can you start the ball here and finish it over there? Now, if it's normally curves 30 yards from left to right, I'll try to get them to do the opposite. And somewhere in the middle, they'll find some balance. And just by giving them that task. Can you start it here? Can you make it curve from right to left? I don't know. I've never done that before. Okay, is it possible that might happen? That could happen? Yes, definitely possible. Well, let's explore. Let's find out if that is possible. Let's see what what happens.
0: That word uh, possible, I think, uh, Mm. from the conversations we've had with with Carl uh, on the show and in person, the idea of what's possible seems to permeate a lot of... Your philosophies, Carl, and I guess by extension, Gary, w- including the idea that is it possible that this putt could go in as a beginning of the experience as opposed to what a lot of people are fretting over when they're standing over a putt?
2: Yeah, I think we had a, a discussion about this a while ago, I didn't we? Yep. we were, um, bit with, your, with your game. And, you know, for me, one of the most important things um, Is the idea that we're all just a bunch of stories, in the sense that we've all got this narrative going through our head that we construct about who we are in the world and what we do and what we're capable of and all this kind of stuff. And then we, you know, there's lots of sub stories to our big story. And when we get on a, when we walk onto a putting green, we create more, even more stories about how we, how what capabilities that we have, whether we're a good putter or a poor putter. And the thing is that we. We don't realize that we're just making all this stuff up, that the stories are not actually real. They're just constructs inside of our head. And the great thing is with questions like, is it is it possible to hold this pot? Is it possible I could roll the ball into the hole? Then it actually just halts the storyline. It, it, it sends your brain in a different direction where you, you get to start to create and write an updated version of the story rather than one of this is what I can do and it's not my day and I'm gonna struggle on the greens and this is a difficult put and all these all these things. And you know, you know, it's funny in the last few years I've had a, a bit of interesting feedback from people to just when they go out on the golf course is just is just to catch themselves and actually say to themselves, do you, you realise I'm making this shit up? <laughs> you know, and and, and just, just actually brings them out of the fact that they're actually in the story because when we're so deep in the story, we we, we believe it's real. Yeah. I think
1: what one of the things that um, I like about your video, and that we could talk more directly about that, is that by getting ourselves out of our stories we're in essence getting out of that mental part of the game and so it's ironic to be talking to you carl you're the um mind factor we talk about the the mental part of the game but i think what we're talking about is making golf more of a physical experience that's what's real what's happening right now as opposed to what's in the future Mm -hmm. i three putted you know two greens on the front nine i'm you know, today I'm I suck, so what I'm going to use that as a piece to go forward in in terms of the physicality of it. Gary, I love how you explain in the video about reading a green from the low side, and how you go. You really do a nice job of expanding. I think even on the book, there's more information in your video about the. Um, the benefits of looking at it from the low side so maybe I'll just uh, allow you just take that forward in terms of what does what does that do for a golfer when you take have that experience of looking at it from the low side i know that's a pretty broad question but
3: it changes their perspective essentially when we do what we normally do which is read a putt down the line the first thing that does is it foreshortens the distance so we've all seen that putt on TV where the, the camera's right down the line of the putt and the ball starts rolling. And it keeps rolling. And it keeps rolling. And it keeps rolling. The hole only looks three feet away, but the ball keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And four seconds later, it either goes in or it doesn't. Then as the camera pads back out, you see that what appeared to be a three-foot putt was actually an eight-foot putt. Now, that, that it's, it's basically... It's depth perception, or I call it depth deception, because it's deceiving you. So when you look down the line of a putt, essentially it foreshortens it. We've all hit that shot, some more than others, where you've hit it bang on line with a flag, and from a distance you think, that is so close, I'm just going to be able to tap it with my eyes closed. Then the closer you get to the green, the closer you get to your ball and the hole, the further away your ball appears to be. So that's just an example of how we're looking down the line for shorts, is it. Plus, when we're looking down the line, we don't necessarily see any changes in elevation, any undulations on the green. But if you if you once you decided, okay, let's say you've got a left to right putt, we know it's left to right because as we look at the putt down the line, the left part of the green is higher than the right, which directs us to the low side. So the key here is to stand far enough back on that low side, you kind of, you've got to almost triangulate. So you become the point of the triangle. And you look at that putt. So you've got to have ball and hole and peripheral vision. Because if you, t- if you can't see both ends of the putt, the start or the finish, if you miss the first two feet and the last two feet, you've not seen the full picture. So as you, you pan back and you look at it in 3D, HD, widescreen, you see all the putt in its true length. So in order to hit, you know, we talk about line and pace, and pace being what determines the line. If we, don't know how hard, if we don't know how hard to hit the putt, how can we possibly choose a line? Now, the only way we can figure out how hard to hit the putt is to find out or establish how long it is. Is it uphill? Is it downhill? So we're looking for slopes, we're looking for distance. You know, every shot we hit from T to green was about distance. Then as soon as we walk on to the green, it becomes about direction. And I think what we tend to do is we read a putt and we, we choose a line then we decide how hard we're going to hit it, which is madness. If you flip that on its head, really, if the pace determines line, surely we should be looking at how hard we're going to hit the putt and then we choose a line appropriate to that pace. And what low-side reading does is it allows you to just get a much better picture of what is actually happening. You know, I talk about it to my students, as you know, say we're going out into the, the putting green, we're going to become green-reading detectives, we're going to look for clues... Most people try trying to hold a pup with one clue, looking at it down the line. Now, that doesn't work for many people. It certainly never worked for me. I want to try and gather as many clues as I can. I was doing this with a kid years ago and said, We're going to be dream-reading detectives today and we're going to look for clues. Clues are everywhere, they're lying in the ground. And he looked up and he said, No, they're not. He said, No, I think you'll find there." I said, No, no, Gary, the clues are on the ground. <laughs> he was right. That's great. He was absolutely right. So I, I just think that gives you a, a completely different perspective and a true perspective.
1: Well the, to me um, again, that's you just Howard I'll let you come back in, but I just wanted to um, to me, when you're looking at the putt from that low side, you're seeing what's there. You're not going, I, I think your body you're giving your body amazing data. To, mm-hmm. to go right. on And the body Figures it out You don't have to go yes. Well this is uh, downhill I gotta be careful Or I need to Give this extra For uphill
0: yeah. oh, well, no, I was gonna say For people that are confused What Gary's talking about Is you know Once you've determined If it's a right to left But basically If you can stand In the middle of the length of the putt that gives you the triangulation, and as Gary yes. said, so you can see the hole and the ball at the same time. I just want to make sure that people understand. Like I, 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 I haven't opened the link yet. I know Tim has, but for people who want to get the latest um, video that uh, Carl and Gary have done, is it on the Mind Factor site yet, uh, Carl?
2: It is. Yeah, it's on the on the Mind Factor site, and it's also on on Gary's site as well. Performance and, principles, and it's called the Lost Art.
0: A putting video course. Yes. Yeah. So getting back to, which is, by the way, if you want to go to the mindfactor.net, that's where you find that. And and all kinds of other products, including all the books. And I was looking at it today, uh, Carl, man. It go, you go back a long way. And I mean that as a compliment. You've been doing this for a long time.
3: It's and, a light uh, way of saying he's old. Isn't it? <laughs> hey, Gary.
0: Dude, listen, <laughs> I
1: Gary. I was listening when, when, when Carl was putting out DVDs. That's there you AKA, go. AKA compact
2: discs. Is so funny. So
1: that's yeah, yeah. 90s, I'll I'll back in the nineties, man. I'll tell
2: you what, Tim. I, I go. I go so far back. The first product that we put out was a product called... I think it was Train Your Golf Brain. And it was yes. actually on cassettes. There you, know, you used, go. You used to put the cassette in the car. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: now all we need is something. Go. I go back so far with Carl... He was hammering this shit in stone somewhere. Yeah. So, here's the thing I want to talk about. When it comes to putting... And I, I love what you said, uh, Gary, about you know the uh, the pace determines the line. Besides the fact that most people aren't reading it... that they're in the way you described... I mean, once in a while, you'll see somebody can walk around 360 and go to the other side of the putt from behind the hole. But, and, I, and I know you guys have, I know Carl's talked to Izzy Justice. What are your thoughts on um, heads up putting and how it, for some reason, when I do that in my practice, when I, when I practice with my eyes on the target, whatever that target is, the break or the hole, my pace
2: is always bang on. Why is that, Carl? I think, you know, you mentioned, mentioned there Izzy Justice. I mean, he's, he's done a, a lot of research on this and he, and he talks about the difference between taking the target and holding the target in the sense that golf's a pretty unique sport in the sense that most other sports, when you're trying to move an object to a target, you, you're looking at the target. You know, you're looking at the hoop in basketball. You, you know, you're looking at the jacking balls, the, the, the dartboard in darts. Whereas in golf, we look at the target and then we look away from the target. And, and trying to hold that image can be a challenge for a lot of people. So I think, you know, to me, I, I, I've tried it um, looking at the whole, and it instinctively does make a lot of sense to me. You, you know, the other thing that's really interesting, Howard, I don't know whether, you know, you've any any people who've, who've experienced this, is that you can you can get guys who've had real problems with the yips, But if they actually look at the hole, Mm -hmm. the instance of the yips tends to, in the majority of cases, if not completely disappear, but it certainly reduces because there's not that anticipation of of, of impact. So I think, you know, who knows, in in 20 years' time, everybody may hit every put looking at the hole, but it does, does for me, instinctively make sense from a brain-body connection. Instead of having to hold the target in your mind's eye, you're actually looking at the target. I think one of the things that's interesting about that
1: target piece, you, you go like talk about going back. So when Rotella's books first started coming out, he talked about um, fixating on the target. It wouldn't just be you know, the tree behind the green. It wouldn't just be the branch. It would be a leaf. And I think that kind of, I think a lot of people were sort of taken too far in terms of a, like need this laser type focus, which in putting, I think really can really negatively affect a lot of people and there's a lot of debate whether you should put that little line on the ball and you get down so maybe i'll address this one to gary um what's your position on that whole piece about the precision and and using that line and say getting it lined up to your intermediate target versus say just looking at the white ball and letting it go
3: yeah if you you... We get to putting in a second, but I think if you take it back to what you're talking about the leaf on the branch in a tree, the only problem with that is I used to do that all the time, but there's one downside to that I never hit it. (laughs) So I was always disappointed (laughs) because you you know, you're you're picking a leaf on a branch in a tree that you can barely see, it's 350 yards away. I never got that far, never got that (laughs) close. My reaction was always negative. And I think if we apply that to putting, you know, if you we've done lots of experiments with lots of different players, and when most people put this line on the ball, what they tend to see is a very thin line, an extension of that very thin line from ball to hole. Now, what that tends to do, yes, it gives you a line, but that line, we talk about the perception of difficulty there. So if you're trying to putt along a tightrope, You know, you're trying to put along a razor's edge. You're probably not going to feel all that comfortable, relaxed about that prospect because you're all you're going to think about is don't come off the line, don't fall off the line, don't fall. Oh shit! It's falling off the line. Mm. The more you think about trying to keep it on that very thin line, your attention then comes back to you and what you need to do and what you need to do with the putter away from what the object of the task is to get the ball into the hole. So we talk about putting down a channel rather than a line, and. You know, I, I had a couple of people in for putting sessions this morning and the analogy I used was okay, so you go to the supermarket Saturday afternoon and there are the parking space is all blocked off by white lines. They're all defined by white lines. But it's Saturday afternoon, it's really busy, and there's only one space left in the car park. And it's between a Ferrari and a Bentley. Do you drive your car in at great speeds with no care for the outcome? Or do you go in there thinking, shit, don't hit the Ferrari, don't hit the Bentley, don't hit the Ferrari, don't hit the Bentley. You take these cars out of the equation, the parking space is still exactly the same size. There you and go. And you just drive straight
0: in. You know, I knew, listen, I knew you guys were, you know, pretty successful, but... Where the hell yeah. are you guys shopping that there's Bentleys and Ferraris at the grocery store? But that's another. Thing.
3: Don't, Don't have them,
0: you... Canada? <laughs> I knew you guys
2: were selling some not, books, not, but wait a minute. We only shop at Harrods. So... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus, Gary. Slow down there, son. Um, I listened to, uh, I, I just happened to be on uh, Carl's uh, podcast uh, yesterday, and I had read the book from Susie Myers. Golf from point A, and if you've read the book or you know who Susie is, I recommend this uh, podcast because it's great. Carl, you, she's such an engaging uh, speaker, and she's got lots to say. But there was a point in the conversation that I kind of wanted to throw to you two guys, and you were talking to her about, you know, she was saying things like, you know, there is nothing really new in her thinking it's just that there's a you know she, she's grown into her philosophy and then it's just basically saying not the same thing to students because that's what she truly believes so i guess what i'm trying to get at for both of you gary and carl is all these years now into teaching and coaching are there th- is there anything new or just new ways of saying the things that you two have come to believe are important in both aspects of the game
2: if I if I can ever go at that one first, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he's um, still
0: trying to park between a Bentley and a Ferrari. Yeah. So let him alone <laughs> just, for a second.
2: Just hit the, the <laughs> Bentley,
3: <laughs> and you should have tried to reverse him.
2: <laughs> um, the, way, the My take on it is that. Uh, I think the the pandemic was a, a clearly a tough time for everybody, but I think the pandemic what had allowed myself included it gave us an inordinate amount of time to look at stuff and my goodness, is there a lot of stuff out there now there 's so much information about so many things. You know, and I've fallen into the trap of going down that rabbit hole of, you know, you get a guest on the podcast and you think, oh, that's a great direction to go, and this is a great direction to go, and I, and I, and I do think you know, you mentioned you mentioned Susie and her philosophy, and I, and I, I really admire her in many ways for that. That I think everybody in the end needs to develop their own philosophy as a coach or as a player of of, of this is what I believe to be true in this current time, and this is what I aim to deliver because. My experience suggests this is the best way forward. Now, does that does that philosophy have to stay set in stone forever? No, for most people it evolves. But I think the the epidemic that we're all suffering with at the moment is just a bombardment and an overload of information. You know, I, th- I think back to you know we mentioned we mentioned Fred. We I always mention Fred generally on the show, and I know Tim, you, you guys mention him a lot. He was a big influence on me. But I think back to my first experience of Fred. You know, I I read his book, but I didn't know anything else about him. And I had to get on a plane. I had to fly from Manchester to London, across to San Francisco, and drive down to Carmel to see him. I had to go out and seek that information. I couldn't just press on a YouTube video that said, oh, Fred Shoemaker, the art of practicing or whatever, or listen to a podcast. And And I think in many ways, perhaps we're perpetuating it here with what we're doing, but I think in many ways... Information has been devalued to to the to the detriment of actual experience, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where being able to spend time with with a coach or a mentor or whatever, where you can actually sift through all of this stuff. I I'm, get Gary's take on this in, in, in a second, but I've said to a number of people if I look at my coaching experience over thirty years, if I look at the early days, generally a lot of people would come to you. And they perhaps wouldn't know that much about the game. You kind of have to fill the cup up, if you like. Now, virtually everybody that comes to see me, it's kind of like, my God, where do I start with this guy? Because he's got so much stuff in his head. He's done decade. He's done this. He's done that. He's heard about grain reaction forces. and And we're just in danger of overloading our brains and i think that's why things like the after image is such a breath of fresh air because it's such a simple exercise and we get back to an essence whereby the mind is quieter and and actually allows the body to do what it's it's been it's been proven to be capable of doing over millions of years which is which is using tools and moving objects to targets that's the rant over with well no gary and so gary what what is your thought on that
3: I was going to say that. <laughs> well, thanks
0: for being on the show, boys. Always yeah, a pleasure great. catching up Appreciate with you. That. That was-
3: uh, I'll give you an example. I worked with a guy on and off for years, a guy called Phil Price, and I plays a seniors tour over here. He, you might remember him from when he beat Phil Mickelson in the 2002 Ryder Cup singles.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: is a great lad, been a friend for a long, long time. and I worked with him on and off for years, and he never once asked for a lesson. He never once asked for coaching he would phone me up and say, are you going to be at such and such a tournament next week? You're going to be in whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need a mental declutter. That was it. That was my job was to strip all the shit away that was going on in his head and give him something to work on, something to focus on. So I was doing this 20 years ago. I didn't even know I was doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was trying to strip things back and remove all the unnecessary noise. And I didn't. I realised. Well, I thought it was just if someone's got one thing to work on, they should be able to achieve something. But it's when we got all this other noise, all this other information, then we get confused.
0: Well, I think what Carl said about the mental side and people being inundated with so much information, I think it applies to golf swings as well because, you know, when I, I, mean, I, I first met uh, a friend of ours, Mark Evershed, 30 years ago, he was one of the first few people that I, I met that had a real sort of a quirky take on the golf swing and he, he'd been in the golf machine world and all this stuff. Well, now, as you said, Carl and Gary, you know, you, Everybody can come to a lesson with so much, you know, information that wasn't available before. But in the in the end, all the things about a golf swing that were true when we all started as kids are still true today.
3: Yes.
1: And, and one of the things is that I noticed that, you know, whether it's it's you know going back to things like the golf machine or Rotella or whatever and or Fred Shoemaker is that. Basically, we cobble together all this stuff we're all influenced by somebody and like I say I've said about in terms of music the metaphor I use there's only three chords in rock and roll but how do you put it together your way? and yes. I think that's what you guys have done really nicely in terms of like you're you're drafting off your own experience mm-hmm. through this you're just not yeah you may have been introduced by the retinal after image by Fred. But in your video, Carl, you're throwing some new things in there that I haven't heard. Uh, I love how you uh, invite people to, when they go to the practice screen, rather than throw the three balls down and try and hit the same three putts over and over again, do the retinal after image, And it it gets you centered. It grounds you. It kind of quiets the mind. So that's what I like about your video. You guys have put your own nice little personal touches on it.
0: Uh, that video we're talking about is called the Lost Art of Putting program. it's at the mindfactor.net as is all the other uh, various uh, programs that are well worth your time, uh, effort and money. I, uh, just so you know, Carl, uh, coming on this program pays dividends because one of our listeners, I won't say who it is just for he's uh, signed up for your, uh, your fall uh, program. Um, I'm not sure he wants to become a coach, but he, he's a guy that coaches executives. He's a very keen golfer and heard you on the show and has signed up. And you'll meet him in, uh, in I think, in your city in the in the fall.
2: Wow, he's he's going to come over from Canada.
0: Yeah, well, we have, you know we we can go places too, Carl. Okay, Howard, are you looking for five, are you looking for a five percent commission? I'm not right? looking for anything but Carl's continuous uh, ability or uh, willingness to come on the show. But I guess if he bails, we got Gary now because it looks like to me Gary will do anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: hey, listen, Gary Nichol and uh, Carl Morris, congratulations on another great program. Uh, go check out the Lost Art series of books and now the Lost Art of Putting program video. Thanks, guys, Carl. And by the way, that's Susie uh, Meyer's uh, podcast. It's just a couple weeks old, and I, I love her stuff. And if you do too, uh, Golf from Point A is her book. And she talks about it. Very, very well done, Carly.
2: No, she's uh, she's great. I think, uh, she's, you only have to listen to her uh, for a few minutes, and the the enthusiasm that she has for the game. No, she's is, great. He's really infectious. Yeah, she's brilliant.
0: Thanks, Carl Morris. Thanks, Gary Nichol. Take care, My guys.
3: pleasure. Can I just say one more thing just before we leave, go for, for all it. Your, your listeners out there, um, if you want to go to either the Mind Factor or performanceprinciples.co.uk Co. Uk to download the the program. We can offer your listeners a 20% discount if you just key in the code TLA20, where TLA for the Lost Art, 20, TLA20 where it says, do you have a coupon? Click on that, and you get a 20% discount.
0: That's very wow, kind of that's you. That's very kind of you. Uh, you. And I w- maybe we'll include that in our show notes for people if they're going to be able to uh, go and check this out. Uh, thanks again, guys. The Lost Art of Putting program. Well worth your time and effort and money. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. George.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, Howard. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Howard. Thanks, oh, thanks again.
0: Hey, just let yourself out, you know. We're going to continue. What we do now is when you listen to the show, what we do now is you guys leave and then we talk about you. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know. We've heard it before.
0: <laughs> all right. Just relax. It'll all be good. I promise. They know our, they know our deal. They yeah. All right.
3: Thanks again.
0: Take care. Thanks, anyway. fellas. Bye. Bye. No, no. Mm-mm. So I went back and looked at our emails. So I I saw that. I've just been busy the last couple of weeks. And I saw that you had sent me uh, the link to the video, and I just saw it now, and obviously it was easy enough to, uh, to download the, all that stuff, and uh, you had no problem with it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, when it we're took done. A to figure
1: it out. it, yeah, it yeah. took me a few minutes to figure it out, because you get a bunch of emails, and,
0: it's, yeah, and don't it's... Don't you have to put in a password? You, you, whatever. You put in the code you talked about. No, I know, but there's so, also a point here I want to show it to you when we're done, where it's asking me for a password. I don't have a password for that site. Um, you just have to create your okay. own
1: it's like any other thing that you sign up for. You gotta put in your username okay. and stuff. Well, so, that's, I, yeah, so I, what did you think I know this, this technology stuff's new for you. No. no. I know. You no, are the GSL, but I, I can help you. So um what did you <laughs> think of the video? Still I, thought it was an, I thought it was really, really good. Um they have taken a lot of the stuff that was in the book, The Lost Art of Putty, and, okay. And just expanded it. And that's what I really liked about uh, for instance, the reading a green from the low side. There's a ton of information that Gary gives in the video that's not in the book. Okay, good. So it really does nicely expand. Uh, are we? Are we keeping it up?
0: Late? No, no, no. I just, um, um, I've been yawning uh, the last couple of days for some reason I'm not getting uh, enough sleep. But go ahead. I'm I'm fascinated. So yeah.
1: So the um, <laughs> yeah. So in the video, the, there's more information. So if you already possess. The Lost Art of Putting book. I would say the video is very much worth your while. Okay, um, and Carl does a really nice job. Carl's a, a, a great presenter. That's one of the things I you know go back to the '90s when I was like listening so keenly to his uh, compact discs. <laughs> um, he he just has a a great way of explaining things and. I I love their approach to the game, uh, to putting, uh, about things like asking good questions, Mm -hmm. being present, where you're placing
0: your attention. And um, so I I think it's a really valuable resource. I was going to ask you that, too, because I've read all the books, uh, Lost Art of Putting, Short Game, and Golf, and uh, and you answered that question. What's in there that isn't in the... uh, Books, so that's good. I'm looking. Well, you know, now that I know I have access to it, I'm going to go check it out. Um, and uh, as I said, I, I listened to Carl's uh, entire podcast with Susie Myers, yeah. and she's great. I, you know, I, we don't ask him. I'm not sure we've ever asked him, but I think we should ask him for her contact information because she'd be great on our show. This I, is, yeah,
1: I tried to get in contact with her once, but uh, anyways, it didn't. It didn't. I
0: didn't get a response So I'll try again I'll say
1: hey We're friends of Carl Yeah we're Morris, friends of Carl's God's And God's also sake. listening to
0: her With him I thought you know She'd be great with us Because you know We're a different oh, yeah. vibe You know we're a little More casual um, Cash Also Ken Osborne As I mentioned off the top He Is uh, Carl's <laughs> Latest guest And yeah. I'm, I laugh sometimes Because I feel like You know like Because I'm the one That first I think we were The very first podcast to get Kent on the show. Now he's off and running. Now he's just oh, off yeah. flitting about everybody's podcasts. Well, you know what's interesting is that, uh, yeah,
1: flitting, very Yeah, nice. he flits. He he's flits. a flitterer. Um, so, you, I think there's part of Kent in the putting video because what I, I was saying that they've kind of cobbled together a bunch of different people, like Izzy Justice Fred shoemaker and I think there's a bit of Kent Osborne in there because uh one of the I think it's the second uh chapter if you will of the video it's gratitude and
0: our buddy Kent is huge on mm. gratitude. Well that's actually the and, name of uh the the head the head of the or sorry the uh the show note on Carl's last podcast is all about uh gratitude. Yeah, Here's so I think he's drafted off of uh, Kent nice uh, in a big way. Here's another thing that's uh, a tie-in to Kent and Izzy Justice is Kent, as you may or may not remember, uh, puts completely looking at the hole.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to tell a quick story um, connected to the you know where you're looking in the line on the ball. So... It was about two years ago. I was playing on a men's night during COVID, so not as many people. I'm playing with this really nice fellow. He'd only taken up the game about three or four years before. Quick learner, good athlete. Um, And on the greens, he was one of those guys who putted with the line. However, um, (laughs) he obviously didn't know the definition of insanity Hmm. (laughs) because he would... Despite the fixating on the line, and and he would three and sometimes four putt, and you know we're just playing. There's nobody behind us, no one in front, so I didn't bother him. But he ends up signing up with me to play because we had a nice time. He ends up signing to play up with play with me. Well, I'm all, I'm playing with the men's vice captain and the treasurer. <laughs> well, <laughs> with his fixations on the line, we get to the tenth tee, and uh, Frank goes. Gentlemen, two hours and forty-five minutes to play the front nine—unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, and the poor guy—he's just like, oh, okay. So we get to the twelfth green, and the guy has you know the WD. You know, you see like a you know a tour pro shoots a you know a, a seventy-eight on the first day. Oh my back! Hmm. Well, that's what this guy pulls. Oh, oh yeah. my back! So I, you know, I'm right. At, so that's a long way of saying I am mm. concur heartily uh, with don't get – I know that uh, Ralph Bauer is a big guy on the line on the ball, and there's lots of people who are on that. But yeah. I, I just think for the average person, and I think good players too, it just, as Gary was saying, it just causes you a bit more tension, and you, you have to be right on that tightrope line. And I just think that anything that ties you up
0: versus frees you up is not so swell well for a long time i did put a line in my ball but you know i think for better players that practice a lot and can get the ball to go end over end over end you know and there's very few guys on tour that don't have a line or an uh an alignment type of something on their ball whether it's by the way the if you are looking for one, all what you set aside, not that it wasn't you know f- f- well and apt, but uh, TaylorMade makes these balls now. Yeah, they're cool. And I I didn't I I played with somebody recently that was using it. and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen those. That's but a they're, response ball, right? I think no, I think it's a TPF F five X. But they just but they put the lines on them in different colors, which I think and and it's the thing I like about them are it's not just this exact line. This thin line. What it is is it's a, a line down the middle, and then two shaded thick lines on either side of that. The point being, it it takes away some of the precisionness. That's not a word. I know that it takes away some of the precision of trying to roll it so precisely down the. It, it gives it. It gives what Carl was saying. It gives more of a channel, exactly. And and I love what you said there about the the
1: difference. Um, so it's the tour response. It's known as the tailor made Tour Response Stripe golf ball. Oh, okay. So it's and not has, the
0: TP Five X. Okay.
1: No, and it has a really wide yes. band on it. Well, that's so what I'm I saying. Love po- I love the point you're making.
0: Is that that to me would help a golfer be less. Tied up Well with, what it doesn't And again I think yeah. this is a Carl Moore's thing too That Carl talked about Seeing this And not not just on our show today But in one of the books Where he talks about Seeing this channel The size of yeah. the golf ball So what these Tailor-made Tour response balls Give you Is a channel As wide as the ball is Plus um, now, the guy I was playing with had it, it I think it was yellow, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, but I looked online and they're in a bunch of different colors. And, and just for fun one day, I'm going to try it, just because I don't put a line on my ball now. But even when I did, I only would use the line on sort of the makeable range. Sort of, I don't know, not, not always inside 50, but like sort of 10, 12, 8, 6. Mm-hmm. I found the closer I got to the hole, the better it was for me. When I had longer putts, even when my ball had a line on it, I never used it. Now I don't use it at all. I don't use it for short putts. I don't use it for long putts. I just somehow got away from it, probably because of what your story illustrated. You can get really too wrapped up in making sure that line is precise. And I think you said it best at the end there that it does produce, as Gary said, a little bit of extra stress in that. Is this line Correct. Yeah, and even to the point I think where it, like people
1: are like watching the the putter head go back, yeah, and, and you know instead of just
0: freeing it up. So yeah, well, that's a great uh, thing there, Carl Morris, Gary Nickel, and the Lost Art of Putting videos. Uh, Tim uh, N- Tim O'Connor, I believe, is your name. Uh, thanks for uh, your participation. This is episode uh, two forty one. Wow, and. Um, I, will, I won't be able to play uh, to play, I won't be able to play next week I won't be able to do this next week <laughs> We we'll uh, <laughs> won't be able to tee it up next week We won't be able to tee it up So we'll be back uh, And, and our, our regular season is almost over um, And we'll be back to doing it Every couple of weeks come September I did want to tell you though That I got asked to uh, And by the time we do another podcast I'll have had this experience I got asked to host the uh, Ben Kern Pro-Am this year Oh wow That's so cool Yeah very cool At the National And uh, yeah. it's a, I'm not playing in it Because it's a very uh, it's, a, it's expensive And they got a lot of people They raise a lot of money Ben okay. Kern was a friend of ours Died too way too young Of uh, skin cancer Lung and cancer But it doesn't matter Was it lung But he, didn't it start lung With cancer. skin cancer don't know it doesn't matter. Well here's how I know it, yeah. Here's the only thing I remember when Ben Had some, a tag taken off his face So that mm. melanoma Became lung cancer Well whatever it was He's gone too early And I got asked to host it And I'm hosting it With uh, Steve Elkington And uh, Rocco oh. Rocco Mediate Oh wow So that I'll have some cool. stories You know maybe You know what I was going to ask I'm, I'm going to see like If I get to meet him Because I'm, I'm going to spend A few hours with you guys And I was going to say, I'll I'll see, I'll take Rocco's temperature in terms of coming on the show. And Elk, too. I mean, both of those guys. Both would be great.
1: Both of those guys are great. And they both um, are what one would call
0: forthright.
1: Yes. They're not shrinking violets. The thing is, I know a guy
0: with, I got a little bit of an in with Elk because I know a guy that knows him. So I'm going to bring up that guy's name because I've had a chance to talk to Elk and Tim before in, through this dude. So um, that might be a, an easier guess. Yeah, I'm sure. That'd Rock be awesome. Can, yeah. I
1: remember. Elk, I know you got to go, but I remember uh, Elk, as they called him on tour. He had a really nice. Uh, I think it was a YouTube series. Mm-hmm. I think it was called Digging Out of the Dirt or something. Yes.
0: It was really, really good. Well, that's how I know him because the guy that produced yeah. that series asked me to come in and consult, and I had a couple of conversations with Alcantin about. It doesn't matter, but uh, I never got involved with him. But I, I know the guy that's done, that did that series, and maybe we could get Alcantin on the show. Well, cool. So there you go. How everything kind of it all turns intersects around. Intersects in this universe <laughs> of ours. That's why you're the GSL. You O'ConnorGolf.ca right? is how you get a hold of Tim. His uh, Substack <laughs> is. Uh, tioconnor.substack.com, and of course the humble and Fred show continues to uh, rack up some Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks to uh, TaylorMade Golf, TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Who is Oscar Bravo? Stretch Lab Toronto, and uh, thank you for uh, supporting us. We certainly appreciate it. See you in a couple of weeks.